Hey everyone, and welcome back to this week's 12 Questions podcast here at We Are Social Media. This week, I'm joined by Social Cat's Kat Davies, who's here to take us through her love of Snapchat, purpose-driven businesses, and the future of our great industry. Hey Kat, can we get a quick intro? Hello, I'm Kat, and I actually came to social media management through a roundabout journey. My first career was in management consultancy. Um, I put myself through university, through Birkbeck College, University of London, absolutely fantastic institution that equalises access to university for all. I did it through basically night school. And then I went on to get my MA from the University of York. And I went to work for RSM Robton Rose, which got taken over by Grant Thornton, which is one of the big accountancy firms in the UK. You might have heard of it. And from there, I went into Serco, another absolutely huge organisation which runs everything from prisons, hospitals to nuclear power plants. A fascinating organisation and one where I worked on business transformation, business change. And at that time, a lot of the business change that we did was focused around digital transformation. So I was increasingly helping to put businesses online. So for instance, one of the projects I worked on was businesslink.gov.uk, which doesn't exist anymore. But if you've ever filled out your tax return on the government gateway, I was kind of involved in putting a project managed, moving the HRC data onto the businesslink website, which no longer exists but you kind of get that that was where a lot of the work was going so I built up my digital skills along the way. I then had two children which put a bit of a stop in my career and when you're looking at going back into the workplace it's quite a challenge to go back into management consultancy at the level I was working at so I ended my career as a senior consultant which meant I travelled Monday to Friday and the reality of the childcare you need was quite challenging <laughs> and for me it, it wasn't right to go back into that world so then w- what do you do and what skills have I got and what I had enjoyed was the technical aspect of my job and the yeah the digital aspect of my job and equally I wanted a job that was in the gig economy that was that would allow me control over my life that didn't require me to travel somewhere at a moment's notice and equally that preferably wasn't long hours four or five days a week part-time jobs just didn't exist so after a couple of years of soul searching, it was by no means a quick process and a couple of false starts, I set myself up as a freelance social media manager. And that's in 2016. And that is a very roundabout journey into the amazing career and opportunity that I now have. So can you tell us a little bit then about what it is that you do now and your kind of focus towards video or your your personal niche in the industry? Yeah, so in 2016, Snapchat was happening. It was the a really exciting and interesting space for businesses. The usage was seemed to be going up incredibly fast. And the next step was for the 25 plus to get on board and businesses to get on board with with this platform and that was the world I was in in January 2016 so I I was using it and following fascinating people in the industry on Snapchat and 
I went to a social media conference, a shout out to Social Day, run by the wonderful Lucy Hall. And I was Snapchatting the conference and people who were in the industry were asking me what I was doing. And I realised that I was onto something that Snapchat for adults, for businesses, hadn't been addressed yet by the industry. Although there was all this hype and excitement about Snapchat, the actual industry itself hadn't got its head around it or understood how best to use it for businesses and that's when my business really niched down into offering snapchat training and actual snapchat services where i would buy geofilters for organizations and in some cases i would actually develop snapchat content for businesses um, and develop creative ideas for specific snapchat shows that went out on their organic channels etc so it was that was really exciting time in my business but if there's anything that we know about for certain about social media is that it constantly changes and by the end of 2016 you know my business was moving into a different space um, where video I kind of broadened out into video Instagram stories obviously happened which led to a huge increase in businesses wanting vertical video and vertical video training vertical video strategies and then in more in 2018 linkedin has happened and that has led to more clients coming to me from a b2b perspective wanting yes linkedin videos but also linkedin ads linkedin strategies so i now offer a much more rounded service to my clients who are now mainly b2b um, so I've worked with a lot of fintech companies, I've worked with IBM and Microsoft, and I've also worked with the creative industries like MTV, Comedy Central and Channel 5, as well as government organisations like Westminster Council. So I have I have got quite a mix of clients now across quite a mix of products and platforms, but the thread is always making their social media creative and offering their business a return on investment at the edge of where the platforms are innovating. I think that's how I would summarize my business. So then in terms of where you kind of see yourself gravitating towards for your personal use, I know we talked about previously how you're really into Instagram stories, um, but is that kind of your main channel for your personal use? Yeah, my personal use is not at all reflected on my business use and I think I think that's deliberate really so my, my business I buy a lot of Google ads I do a lot of LinkedIn ads I do a lot of Twitter Twitter ads and I do a lot of training across everything to be honest Pinterest Snapchat is still a huge training stream for me and video training but in terms of my personal use I'm, I'm my Snapchat is now personal so I, I, I just have fun on there with like my husband and my, my very close friends in real life. I kind of use it a bit like WhatsApp and Instagram stories and Instagram is where you, I am public, but it is very much the real me and I very much have kind of have fun and share the banality and ridiculousness of a freelancer um, making their way through life on the school run and just being incredibly normal. Um, so yeah, Instagram and Snapchat are very much for my personal use. And then um, LinkedIn, Twitter, and obviously Google Ads. I know that's kind of not within social media, but it is a huge part of my business that's very much kind of business I don't I don't kind of share personal stories on LinkedIn I, I do very much have that platform delineation between the business and the personal 
Yeah, and I think that's what's so interesting about the industry is we all have our reasons for using these platforms. And that's why I don't think at the minute we're going to see them kind of come together as one because they all have specific purposes for each of us. Yeah, completely. And what's right for my business is not how somebody else can do things. If you're offering Instagram services, then you need to have a lot more of a professional like look on Instagram. Whereas on Instagram, I'm very much talking to my colleagues and I'm very much talking to my friends. Whereas on LinkedIn, I'm very much talking to clients and prospective clients. Whereas for some people's businesses, it's the mirror image. On LinkedIn, they're talking to their colleagues and their community. So they can be a lot more relaxed and post a lot more personal content. And on Instagram, that's where they're posting their amazing photography and prospecting to clients. So yeah, there's no correct way of doing it. And you just have to... I think that's something so important about freelancing and that I talk to a lot about with my colleagues is that you must have confidence and walk your walk. Oprah says put the blinkers on and I I talk about this a lot. Just put your blinkers on and do you because you know what you're doing. You know it makes sense. My journey through management consultancy and business transformation means that it makes sense for my business to have gone in the direction it's gone in. And I'm credible in that space because of my experience. But you can't kind of cookie cutter that and say, this is how to be successful as a social media manager in this industry in 2019, just do me. Because that's everyone's success will look different and will take completely different pathways and will use completely different platforms in completely different ways. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what I personally love about social media is there are so many avenues that brands have access to to reach out to their audience or just talk to them. Because obviously the whole selling yourself on social media is not as much a thing or shouldn't be as much of a thing anymore. It should be very much about connecting them to other content that's relevant to them, but also maybe showcasing your brand in a, as a lifestyle, not so much just products. Yeah, completely. It's about community. But more than that, it's about purpose. Like, what is the purpose of why your brand or yourself as a business are on that platform? And what is the purpose of that content? Who's it helping? Who's it connecting? What value are you bringing in that piece of content, in that piece of creativity? And I think that is where 2019 I really hope social media goes is to kind of respect the the squares a lot more, respect the base in people's timelines a lot more, and not just schedule the broadcasting stuff, but really connect and create something interesting that is of genuine help and it is put in the right moment. That's becoming incredibly important as well. I'm noticing that it's not just about having the right content because sometimes I've had content I'm really proud of and that's really creative and really interesting and a kind of, you know, it's like putting really interesting illustrative Instagram style graphics on LinkedIn, for example. I knew it was brilliant, but if the timing's off, it doesn't pick up as you would expect it to go. And that is just a sign of how busy, especially LinkedIn has got in 2018 and how busy most of the platforms are going to continue to get. It's only going to get more busy from here. So the timing of our creativity and to be able to pin down your audience 
to deliver them your post at the moment they want to read your post is really where my head's at at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's interesting is LinkedIn is still kind of the platform when it comes to organic content specifically. The algorithm that it has implemented really stays true to that still, whereas obviously your Facebook and your Instagram are very much still kind of more on the pay to play space in terms of social media platforms. Yeah, I completely agree that LinkedIn is, I think that's probably why LinkedIn is having its moment is because it is a unique proposition in an increasingly messy world of Instagram and and Facebook where people are in much more, well, there are much more complicated algorithm structures than I think they understand. It's it's multiple algorithms all, all trying to produce the most perfect content for them rather than and that obviously crushes organic reach um so yeah linkedin does offer at the moment we'll see how the november updates gone a much better shot at organic reach so then what would you say is kind of the future of social media as an industry well i think the future is very much user generated content and we've always known the power of user generated content but a statistic has stayed in my head that by 2020 50% of content will be produced outside of brands and not by the brand themselves. So the world is going to get so busy on social media that you won't be able to, a brand won't be able to control what it puts out there. It has to have a really strong user generated content strategy and ideas to start putting out there to gain user generated content ask user-generated content to go in a certain direction and you see like the big brands doing that at the, at the moment like the kind of Starbucks you know take take a picture with your cup and we'll pick one and and shout it out from our Instagram or you know whatever they're doing to try and tell people how to interact with their brand on social media and try and ask for user-generated content and direct people into a specific behavior which is very interesting and I think where more smaller and medium-sized brands need to need to go is people are going to be talking about us on social media whether we like it or not and brands that previously haven't been talked about on social media are going to start being talked about on social media as people share more and more so if we're going to be talked about on social media how are we going to encourage it in a positive way in a way that benefits our business in a way that builds a genuine community and builds um, a value, a value exchange between us and where we recognize the value they're giving us with their user-generated content. And any brand that sticks their head in the sand about user-generated content and thinks, oh, oh, they won't talk about me or, you know, their private profiles and it, it doesn't matter because I can't see it is going to really struggle as their ability to broadcast out what their very carefully controlled message becomes unheard in the noise and the user generated content that's being produced they have no direction or perhaps even visibility over which is is going to be an interesting idea for a lot of companies I think. Yeah exactly and I think it's it's an opportunity to connect with your users on a deeper level as well they're going to then start showcasing your product and start showcasing their lives 
in retrospect to your brand, which I think is another way of brands even finding out more about their audience, obviously, as well, because the more you learn and know about your audience and connect yourself to their lives, the more apt they are to keep buying and keep promoting your product for you for nothing. I mean, it's kind of your influencer that doesn't cost you anything. It's what I kind of call my micro micro influencers because they are at the end of the day, they are influencers and they are kind of talking about and sharing your products and your messaging and your ideas. So we need to treat them with the same respect and let them kind of play a part in how we market to others and get everybody else on board. Yeah, I mean, I can understand completely whenever I've had quite enthusiastic discussions about user generated content for strategies for 2019 with a few of my clients, I can completely understand there is a reticence to ask what people think of your product or to share their opinions or to ask for them to create content that you have literally no control over because they could say something bad. And I can understand that, but equally, the reality is they're going to say what they want to say anyway. And the benefit of that market research to your business is amazing. And the benefit of social media for market research hasn't been talked about enough, I don't think. And not only do you get market research, you also probably get some very positive user-generated content. And I think people recognize that some people will have bad experiences or be having bad days and that's okay that doesn't mean that the entire product is a horrendous mess so it's letting the company relax alongside you as you take them down the pathway of embracing the user generated content and genuinely listening to what the market thinks and um, which is gold dust really you know 10 years ago, we used to pay to have strangers come in and click around on our website and pay them £50 for 20 minutes of their time because we were so desperate to find out what the general public would, how they would interact with a website. Whereas now um, a button on your website doesn't work and you you immediately get a tweet. You know, it's, um, it's actually a really good thing that your customers can interact with you in the ways that they do. So then in terms of something that you've seen on social media this year, What's been that standout piece of content or campaign? I mean, I'm going to be a cliche now. I, I've tried to, I've really done some research to try and trump my campaign of the year. But it's it's something that as a person who's been on Twitter every day nearly for my clients, I could not ignore. And I was also amazed at how it, at the the ripples that continue to come from it and it is it is the me too movement which i know started in october 2017 but it has been shared in 85 countries and it has been such a presence on my feed on all my clients feeds from you know from fintech to the most creative of feeds no matter whose feed i'm on no matter what advert i'm running I do come across me too content it is it's only when you have the visibility of twitter through multiple timelines that you realize just how much of an impact that had and i think it offered it's it's showcased that the good that social media can do 
there is a strength in our numbers and there is a strength in everybody everybody having access to a voice and yes there is obviously horrific bad things that social media does but I'm a great believer that social media ultimately will do good in this world and the Me Too movement is something I I look at on the bad days when the baddies have tweeted and it's all gone wrong. I kind of look to those movements and campaigns and think, you know, that there is ultimately it's better that we're connected than not. Just the power behind the words and the kind of overarching themes that pull from that apply to so many different aspects of our lives. Um, I just wrote a piece actually this week on how it's actually taking the Christmas classics and turning them to be something bad. But at the same time, there are so many things in this world that it applies to that it's hard not to kind of draw those out sometimes. Yeah, you can definitely get down on social media, especially working on social media. And the trick is to look for the good. And Me Too is one of those campaigns where you just saw the power of the of connected individuals. So then what has been a campaign that you've really enjoyed working on previously? Um, I've got kind of a left field one, which is a very small brand called Inga Wellbeing. And they sell hospital clothing for people in hospitals. Um, so, you know, we have to wear these horrible hospital gowns. And if you've ever been in hospital, you know that they make you identify as sick. If you weren't feeling bad enough, you've got half your your body uncovered at the back like they're not a nice thing to wear and Inga Welbig sell these lovely fully accessible pajamas and dresses but they don't really look like pajamas they kind of look you could wear them as outerwear you could wear their dress as a dress you know so you feel dressed um it was such a powerful idea and the owners were fantastic co-founded by two amazing women and it was a we kicked it off on Instagram actually and I worked with an illustrator to draw up a video advert where she started with a, a pencil line and the end video that I produced was the product shot so she kind of drew, drew the product coming to life and moving along a hospital corridor etc so it was a, a really beautiful classy elegant campaign for a product which definitely needs to exist and a product I I was just pleased was on social media and had a voice you know a, a product like that and um, the barriers to to market pre-social media would have been so big and with social media products like that can start being sold in small quantities quickly and it was it was it was a real privilege to work on something that needed and that creatively so that was one of my favourite moments of 2018, favourite campaigns of 2018, even though you shouldn't really have favourites. <laughs> no, it's hard, it's hard, but, you know, you do have those ones that stand out on occasion. <laughs> yeah, it's always the ones with purpose, I think, that, that, where you look back and you think, I did something worthwhile. I didn't just build a Twitter following. I, I didn't just get X amount of clicks through to a website. You know, I contributed to the launch of a business on Instagram. And I think those are, although they're always the highest risk and the most time consuming ones, they're, they're also the most, the ones that stay with you and that you value. 
Yeah, they're the most rewarding ones that you work on. And I think that's what's so amazing about social media is it does, like we were saying earlier, give everyone a voice, whether you're a large enterprise or a small business. And I think social media really has a huge opportunity for small businesses to really take on the larger enterprises because they have something different that they can offer in just customer service at the end of the day. I think small businesses have a lot of opportunities to tackle the problems that people have with the larger enterprises and get their names and their products and their ideas out there. Yes, and you, you do hope that they also can help impact change. You know, like Inga Wellbeing was drawing attention to how people with chronic illnesses or with horrific long-term illnesses are treated and that um, we, we as a society could do better, you know, even with the small elements of getting them out of bed and dressed, you know, that's a, that actually proved, you know, improves health outcomes in the long term. And it's kind of allowing businesses to, to talk in these spaces and draw attention to an otherwise kind of untalked about topic. And they can kind of use their business for a wider purpose. And they, these sorts of ethical businesses are just are just going to explode, I think, in 2019 because it's what people want. They want to buy from a business with a reason. They want to buy from a person with a vision. And I, I really hope that I work with more and more of those sorts of innovative, interesting brands next year. So then when you're actually launching a campaign or working with a brand, what is your key KPI that you normally look out for and what makes a successful campaign for you? I wrote an article on return on investment for social media examiners so I can get very like detailed about exactly what the return on investment is and um, exactly what KPIs to track but I think I'm actually going to take a step back for this question and say obviously it depends on what your objective is as to what your specific KPIs you should track but for me I do look at momentum it's a, a feeling through data by the way not just not, not, not just a a genuine feeling but I look at the data and I, and I see is my target audience interacting with this so it's not necessarily about high numbers but it's about relevant targeted numbers and if there's momentum in in the way that I expect I'm happy and I do I do think it's especially with a video advert campaign for example you can tell pretty quickly if your creative is going down well or not going down well and that's why I always shoot three versions because <laughs> you never know you really don't know that you know you can know an audience inside out and getting that momentum in the first couple of days like max two weeks I'll know if, if a campaign's going to be good or fade out be a slow fade yeah exactly and I mean it's just knowing what to look for at the end of the day as well because I think with a lot of brands we talk about this a lot of times that brands actually get hung up on the vanity metrics like the increase in followers and kind of how many people are liking your content or how many people are seeing your content but I think for me personally I think it really comes down to how many people are engaging with your content and when it comes to engagements, not just liking it, but commenting and sharing or direct messaging you to make sure that you actually notice them and their response, because otherwise you're just kind of dusting over what people actually want to do and see on social. Yeah, you 
it isn't just about um, kind of engagement for me because I feel that especially with auto responses and the plague of the robots you can kind of trick those numbers so I do although they're obviously much better numbers to track them than, than follower numbers but I, I look at engagement genuine engagement in targeted areas in specific data sets and and if the message is being shared is for me it's all about the shares it's about shares and direct messages on where it's being shared and I'm a bit of a google analytics geek so I go as far as I can into um into like my referrals just to see exactly what's what what's happening and it and it's the thing I'm looking for the the summary I'm looking for throughout all the data is is this idea of momentum and that does start with engagement but it's engaging people who then engage people um which is 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 so exciting when you when you see happen in the industry we face a lot of challenges as well what would be your kind of key challenge that you kind of see from the work that you do or the work that has been done in the industry? My key challenge at the moment is encouraging creativity in my clients. So asking for that investment, that we can't just be good here. We need to stop the scroll. We need to really put investment into making something that stands out and that is so targeted at exactly who we want to talk to right now. So it's a sort of wider creativity, not just that it looks good or that it moves or that this bit sparkles, but that we're kind of creative in where we go and what sort of platforms we consider and where we think about advertising, what sort of advertisements we buy. So that the complement that we put together, that specific mix is our best shot i think it's getting so much harder as the customer gets more and more you know their expectations just go higher and higher for the quality of content that they want to see and their the respect for their own time has increased they're not going to put up with say the same old content and that's difficult if you've got an organization that that does things a certain way or that has had a return on investment by doing it a certain way last year it's very difficult to to encourage more money for a creative or for a a new type of advert when this advert worked perfectly well last year but it's it's kind of explaining that how fast it's all moving and and what's the customer now expects is is so different in in such a small space of time you know from a business perspective yeah absolutely and i think it's it's just really interesting to see how the industry has evolved and how customers expectations have also evolved alongside this because obviously now that we are accessing social media 24 7 we also expect brands to be engaging with us 24 7 and obviously it's not the ideal for brands because we're not always working um but at the end of the day we need to have kind of that equal balance of how do we actually engage someone when we're not in the office and how can we then engage them when we're back in and how do we build this journey around this idea of 
keeping up with their expectations. Yeah. And I think I'm a big fan of the chatbot for this specific reason. I think the more that we can get people to talk to a robot when we're not in the office and, and, and pass through that and get the value they want when they want it so they can self-serve their information. And I don't think people mind self-serving from a, from a robot that's helpful. I think they do mind an automatic fake hello. You know, I think there's definitely work that's going to be done in 2019 to fully understand exactly how we can square those two circles between genuine engagement and having a chatbot. But the two do need to happen together because the, it, it's only going to be cost effective to keep up with our customers on social media if we use machine learning slash a very good chatbot in Facebook Messenger. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot to be learned uh, with machine learning, which is why brands like Microsoft are really getting behind this idea of artificial intelligence and how we bring that to life through their various products. But even just for our purposes of use, what would we actually use these for and how do we understand what their purpose would be for us. I think chatbots are a really interesting topic because at the end of the day, we kind of thought a couple years ago that chatbots were like the hot thing. Um, and we kind of saw there was a little bit of a stutter step into them because I think people just didn't understand how they would actually relate to people. But those chatbots that are really adding value to customers is what's really working, which is why you're starting to see like a lot of restaurants really tackle them or Food delivery services, I know in the UK here is a really big one, but just how people are using those chatbots makes a whole different approach to them, but also a useful approach. Yeah, I mean, I think I completely with you about the chatbot full start. I think people thought that they should be human and they should have human vocabulary. And what we've realized now is actually we just need it to be useful and a menu of options is just fine as long as it yeah a restaurant can tell somebody opening hours or um you know it can direct you to a diary where you fill in and make an appointment with your hairdresser or in the case of lego you can have the myriad of lego options you know cut down to fit your budget and your the child's possible interest by ralph ralph the robot and lego was saying it um the social media week conference in london another shout out to that one that the people who use their lego chatbots spend on average twice as much in their basket than those who kind of shop elsewhere online so the chatbot actually helps up the purchase which is incredible when you think the kind of rhetoric and around chatbots and how they're you know, inauthentic, etc., and that people actually like interacting with Ralph, even though he's unashamed robot. Yeah, exactly. And I think with that, the what is it? The inauthentic versions of chatbots are where we're starting to see brands kind of have a better understanding of them, right? The inauthenticity of social media in general is actually becoming a bigger trend, I think, because we're starting to see the likes of Instagram stories really bring back to life this behind the scenes content and really connect people 
right from the start to what's going on in reality versus the polished look that goes on their Instagram channels. Yeah, and there's definitely room for both. I mean, like Pinterest and Instagram are, you know, great places to go and be inspired by beautiful, absolutely stunning food, interiors, design, etc. But equally, if you're having a bad day and just want to laugh, then watching some, you know, some very funny people do very funny things on Instagram stories or um, checking out some Twitter memes is always going to make you laugh. So yeah, there's there's definitely um, room for room for everything. And it's lovely how social media has evolved and the platforms are evolving to try to offer both the, the, the inspiration, the education and, and the entertainment. So then what would you say is your one piece of advice for someone coming into social media? Network. It is the fundamental principle of business. And it's something that I think because we work in social media, we can be very bad at. And I've got all my clients through face-to-face relationships and then being recommended. So the, the value of a face to, of meeting people and having a, a real life conversation, either at an industry event, at networking events, and I even go along to things that are relevant to my industries that I work for, that are kind of, so client industry events that have nothing to do with social media whatsoever, but just to keep up on what my clients are doing but also to meet other prospective clients. So I, when I can, I, I, I do go to quite a lot of networking events. And, and for me, it's, it's absolutely essential for my business. So then before we close out, um, what would be your kind of thoughts on the future of the ad format? Obviously, you have video, you have still, you have carousel. There's loads out there. But what do you think is really going to take on even more in the future? The future is mobile. And I am very impressed at the moment with mobile shopping ads, specifically vertical video shoppable pins on Instagram stories and actually on Pinterest as well. I think that is incredibly interesting proposition. When you look at the trends of mobile use, the trends of shopping and a shoppable pin, it, it's it's magic and it's gonna be 2019. Yes, I agree. I think the, this idea of being able to shop through social media is again, something that they really wanted to take off earlier than now, but I think because mobile has become such a big focus on how we actually consume content and how we're always on the go, um, I think now is the time to bring that to life and why it's being so successful on the platforms. And I've even got my eye on a bit of a Snapchat resurgence with their uh, collaboration with Amazon and shop shopping through Snapchat um, is again a very interesting idea that I'm going to be keeping my eye on because it's it's going to be a very direct finally a very direct return on investment for businesses yeah because Snapchat really did I mean over the past year they actually have taken quite the hit from Instagram so it would be interesting if they kind of did exactly what Twitter did essentially in that resurgence of news Um, Snapchat has the opportunity now to really tackle the 
I guess, e-commerce, but in this case, it's mobile commerce. Um, so we'll be able to really see that come to life because they're struggling with the ads platform that they implemented last year. And just maybe giving that a little bit more push might help their platform a lot. Yes, very much so. And I, for one, cannot wait. Um, I'm, I've never given up on Snapchat. Um, so I've, it's been a bad year. But it's still got the attention of the ad blocker generation to use a very well used phrase and the, you know, the app install rates on the back of their um, adverts are impressive and the creativity on Snapchat is still insane. You know, it, it, it really does is it is just such a fun place to be and coincided with like their snap shows and their push on entertainment yeah i definitely don't rule snapchat out yet so then for the final question we're gonna go back to all about you um so can you give us a fun fact that we won't find on your social media profiles well as we've kind of referred to my instagram is a bit of an open book so um, i was racking my brains to think of something i haven't shared on instagram so and like everyone knows I'm a mom of two kids everyone knows I'm kind of on a vegan journey just to be a cliche um and I guess a kind of fun fact is it's not even fun but I'm as I have um epilepsy I'm I, I talk about that a bit on my Instagram stories um and the specific type of epilepsy I have is clinic tonic seizures and the research on the at the moment it doesn't leave me with the best option in terms of drugs and um, so a fun fact is I very much want to run the London Marathon to raise money for the Epilepsy Research Foundation and um, but I I keep putting it off like like you wouldn't believe <laughs> I've been putting it off for about I, I blame the children, so that was six years out. Um, but in the next couple of years, that's definitely on my to-do list is run a marathon. Well, you're a very busy woman, so that's completely understandable. <laughs> can imagine being a mom and a businesswoman is not easy. <laughs> yeah, and you've got it's, it's going to be awful, and your toenails fall off apparently. So, I, I re but for whatever reason, I just definitely it's definitely something I want to do. Excellent. Well, we'll be cheering you on from the sidelines because I'm not a runner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's the thing. Neither am I. I like to think of myself as a runner, but I'm actually just a mess after five minutes. Um, so it's going to be a nightmare. But yeah, that's that's definitely a dream that I've never talked about on social media because it, then it's it's kind of scary if you if you start saying, oh, I'm going to run the marathon and people will start DMing you going, uh, why, why are you sat on the sofa? Go run. Yeah, you kind of are then concreted in at that point. So uh, good luck for next year, right? <laughs> yes. Well, maybe 2020, maybe 2022. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> exactly. So then is there anything else that we wanted to add before we close out? I think I'm good. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, guys, that's all for this week's 12 Questions podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it and stick around to hear more brilliant insights from the experts themselves here at We Are Social Media. Mm -hmm.